Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150. Beautiful day here in Seattle. What a nice day to take your dog for a walk. Eric, would you agree? I would definitely agree with that. Good point. Eric, would you agree it's also a great day to go see Lady Gaga tonight? (laughs) Sure, if you're into that sort of thing. (laughs) Which I am. (laughs) Then enjoy yourself. So exciting, I know. Eric and I have different tastes in music. Eric is a musician. What instruments do you play? Uh, Guitar, bass, keyboards, singing. Yeah. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited to go see Lady Gaga tonight. Very good. I I can see you've got your poker face on already. That's right. (laughs) Um, Great show today. I have a quick announcement, but then after that, we're going to... I have a professional athlete in the booth with me today. Haley Kottmeyer with Seattle Rain FC, the um, Seattle's own women's professional soccer team. And Haley has a dog who she is very much in love with, Maisie, a year-and-a-half-old chocolate lab. So Haley's here to talk with us about uh, Seattle Rain FC and her dog and ask me questions she has about her dog. And then we're also going to talk about Uh, Certain elements of dog training, you know, there actually is a connection between being a goalie in soccer and working with dogs. So you're going to find out what that is on the There's always a connection, isn't there? There really is. And by the way, my dog, Duke, he used to love to play soccer. He he, he, Four legs, so he was great at it, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of dogs love playing soccer if you give them a chance. Would it be considered an unfair advantage, though, that they have four legs to work with? Not the two? unfair <laughs> advantage for him was that his mouth was big enough to uh, pick up right. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that yeah. I thought was cheating. But... Pretty sure that's a foul. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty foul. All right. Well, <laughs> first I want to announce a um, great event coming up in June, um, actually a month from today, June 28th, Saturday at Norm's in Fremont, Norm's Eatery and Ale House, uh, A Help Project, Animal Hospice, End of Life, and Palliative Care um, is having a fundraising event from 2 to 5 p.m. at Norm's. You can bring your dog, and um, it's going to be a great event. Um, Guinness, we'll be featuring Guinness beer, and uh, there'll be raffle prizes and all sorts of fun things to do, um, as well as just socialize with a great community. Um, that is uh, June 28th at Norm's Eatery and Ale House in Fremont in Seattle, the Heads and Tails Fundraiser, A Help Project. It's a um, fundraiser for A Help Project. Ahelpproject.org is their website. So um, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to start talking to Haley Kottmeyer, who's with us in the booth. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Good. So you are, would you say, obsessed with your dog? I am, yeah, definitely. She, she's my daughter, and uh, <laughs> I am her mother, All and right. I'm, I'm very much in love with my dog, yes. Awesome. And she's a year-and-a-half-old chocolate lab? Yes, she is. Maisie? Maisie. So let's just talk about, before we talk about your dog, let's just talk about you for a second. So you are a member of Seattle Rain, and that's R-E-I-G-N, uh, Seattle's women's professional soccer team that is in its second year now. And you guys are undefeated. We are. Two ties. Two ties. Still yep. undefeated. Still undefeated. Yep. Last two games have been ties, but we get on the road this weekend and we are looking to get back on another winning streak. Yeah. Awesome. Your next home game is uh, Saturday, June 7th versus Chicago Red Stars. And you play at Memorial Stadium in Seattle Center. 
and that's at 7 p.m. So that's your next home game, but you've got some uh, matches coming up away. Yes, we're going to New Jersey this weekend, uh-huh. um, but then we're we're back home uh, playing against Chicago. And they're, you know, I think they're third in the league right now, so that should be a great game. Mm-hmm. And what's your guys' rank? We are first in You're the league first. right All right, now. hey, yes. I didn't want to assume. The, yeah. I don't know if anyone else was undefeated, too. <laughs> no, you know? just us so far. So have so you played everybody, all the teams in, like, this season so far? Or? No, we've played most of the teams, uh, okay. at least once, a couple twice. Um, and then I believe Chicago we haven't played, and I think there's one other team that we still have to play. Nice. Congrats on an awesome season. So let's, you know, keep yeah. keep, keep, keep going, it going with the points. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, so, yeah, their next match is uh, June 7th, Saturday, um, right in Seattle Center Memorial Stadium. You can go to rainfc.com, and that's R-E-I-G-N-F-C.com for tickets. Uh, tickets start at $19. Great, uh, great event to check out. Now, you guys have some, you know, Olympic, pl- like, gold medal players on your team and I mean, it's just to watch this level of competition um, really in any I, – I appreciate it, any opportunity, but especially women's professional sports because it's it's some kind of something that's up and coming. I mean, we have Absolutely. Seattle Storm that have been around for a while, and um, and now you guys, two years here, and it's such a great um, great event to take, I think especially kids too, to expose them to that level of competition. It really is. And, you know, with so many kids playing soccer, you know, not only in Seattle, but, you know, all across the country, it's such, you know, an incredible thing for, you know, young boys, but especially young girls mm-hmm. um, to get out there and see, you know, the games are fun. They're exciting. There's, you know, there's fun little booths you can go to and all those sorts of things. But it's also truly, you know, the best soccer, you know, the highest level in the world right now. And mm-hmm. there are, there's, you know, we have gold medalists, player of the years, just an insane amount of talent um, on this team, and, and it's right at home. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, that later in the show when we connect being a goalkeeper and working with dogs and what could they possibly have to do with each other. I'm excited to hear. Um, but I wanted to start off with, um, you know, I asked you to, um, you know, any questions that you had about your dog, because you're, you know, there's lots of people listening who share the questions that you have. Um, I asked you to kind of come up with a list of, you know, anything, nothing's off limits. I said about your dog. <laughs> I don't, you know, if I don't, if I don't know the answer, I know who does. So, um, so Maisie is a year and a half old chocolate lab. Um, you got her when she was a puppy. Mm-hmm. So, yep, eight you know, eight weeks old. And got her from a breeder, a small breeder in California, and brought her home, and now she's a year and a half old. And um, so you had some questions for me. So I did. Go for it. Um, my first one, and I think I kind of came up with this one because it is something that has been kind of affecting us right now. And, you know, she's kind of a sickly dog. You know, we've been dealing with her, you know, in and out of the vet for a while, kind of since we got her, you know, different. She's had giardia, eye infections. You know, she's just kind of, you know, she's a lab, so she eats everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, recently our big issue has been paw eating. And she's, you know, she's chewing her paws to the point where, you know, if I'm not there, I have to put her in a cone or put socks on her, which she looks absolutely ridiculous in socks, mm-hmm. walks funny. Um, and I know she doesn't like it. 
Uh, and, you know, she can just tell that she's really uncomfortable. So I wanted to see, you know, first and foremost, if you had any advice on kind of the paw eating and, and just her health in general. Mm-hmm. Now, you said that you um, did some investigation into allergies. What kind of allergy tests did you have done? Um, I believe she's we we went through and tested different types of food. Uh-huh. Um, and I also think we've looked into kind of some weather related. But she was pretty young when that happened. And I do know. They said that she's right around the time now in her life where certain allergies might pop up that weren't there before. And, and these are kind of some defining times at that year and a half mark. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you know, she was tested for some things. Nothing major came up, but mm-hmm. she's just, you know, you can tell at certain points just during the year she's, she's very uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'll share with you what I know. And then beyond that, um, I gave you um, contact information for Dr. Donna Kelleher who's a holistic vet, who I've had on the show a few times. Um, And uh, so I think there's some things that that you could, you know, if you haven't tried already that that I tell you, definitely you could try those things. And then given the degree of it, it would be something potentially to actually go to uh, a veterinarian for. But specifically a holistic vet because, I mean, you have your regular vets, and there's so many wonderful, like, sort of, quote-unquote, regular vets out there. And then you have your holistic vets. And one of the things with allergies and certainly food, and I have talked about this many times over the years on the show, but there's definitely kind of a disconnect there with, um, you know, okay, so you've ruled out or you've kind of checked into food allergies. Has it been all in the form of kibble? Um, she, We originally had her on... Um, you know, when we first got her, they put her on blue buffalo, and now we're on this natural salmon. It's kind of like a kibble blend. Yeah. So, but it's like in a bag, and it's yes. like pellets. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the pet food industry exists to make money off of the waste from the human food industry, generally speaking. And um, kibble, even if you're, I mean, and there's, you know, several hundred different formulas out there. So you said she's on like a salmon and, you know, like an allergy sort of specific diet, right? Um, To kind of, you know, rule out potential allergens. But one of the problems that um, with is the processing that it goes through to be in that form. So if you look at salmon... You ordered salmon or got salmon, grilled it or something. It looks a certain way. And then you look at the like pellet form food. It goes through a tremendous amount of processing to be turned into that form. And it has an impact on the food itself. It makes it very hard for the body to actually access the nutrients because it can, it's cooked under such high temperature and pressure that it actually changes the molecular structure of the food. So nutrition is chemistry. So if you're messing with the structure of the molecules, it's going to impact how the body's able to use that as nutrients, like on a cellular level. But the other thing is, I mean, there's lots to this. But the other thing is, um, like we talked about her immune system and that that's been something she gets giardia really easily, which is a, you know, digestive bacteria, basically. Um, and you know, most of the immune system is in the digestive tract. So if your digestive tract is weakened, it's going to impact the the immune system overall. And then like eye infections you mentioned and stuff like that. So it's really, it can get to be like kind of a tangle, like a big knot. And there's, 
It's not just like, oh, she's allergic to chicken and you just take chicken out of her diet and then she's fine. So the first thing that I would do is take her off of processed food and feed her like the Natural Pet Pantry is a company that I've been connected with for years. They're local and they make um, either raw or cooked foods. Um, And it's just actual food and it's frozen. Okay. And you can do like a novel protein. So like I wouldn't feed chicken. I wouldn't feed beef. Those are really high, uh, like common allergens as far as proteins go. So you could do like venison or buffalo or even like rabbit or something like that. So you go for more of a novel protein. Get her off of processed food. And then there's other things that you can do to also specifically like to support her digestive tract. So Good nutrition, food that's not so highly processed, that's really hard on the digestive tract, kind of knocking it down. Um, Dr. Kelleher, I know, I was at one of her nutrition talks recently, and she really loves, um, this might sound funny, but um, adding a little bit of really finely ground sauerkraut because it's fermented. And it's not like canned sauerkraut that was made wherever but like if you could make it even or if you know we're able to get really fresh sauerkraut and you don't need to add a lot of it like a you know teaspoon or two Mm -hmm. maybe per meal but there's something very therapeutic about fermented foods to help support and really ideally repair kind of a knocked down digestive tract um and then you know probiotics you could look at stuff you know adding in a probiotic, but that would be something that I would, you know, ideally like to have uh, information given specifically by a holistic vet, you know, for her as an individual. But those are some general things that you can do right out of the gates, like no matter what. Because if you go to a vet, a holistic vet, they'll tell you to take them off processed food, you know, probiotics probably, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So those are easy things to do. But if it's the paw thing, I mean, it could be environmental, I mean, I'd still, um, immune system-wise, you'd want to, um, you know, deal with the food because that's so important. Um, And then, but if it's an environmental allergen, um, you know, then it's kind of like, that. that's kind of where I hand it off, where I'd hand it off to Dr. Kelleher or Dr. Zamzow, who's another one, or someone else who can deal more specifically with that on a medical level. Um. So, you know, it's tough, though. And then, you know, I was just talking to you before the show, too. There was something, and I need to get, find out the more specifics about this, but um, my wife told me that there's a um, something going on with the pituitary gland that they found is, is um, related to specifically chocolate labs that you mess with the endocrine system. You mess with everything, pretty much, because it's hormones, and it's... Um, but I'm going to find out more about that. And when I do, I'll send you whatever I find so you can go check that out and see just for, That'd you know, information wise. Yeah. Um, but it's tough when you've got a whole bunch of different things going on that in, like I said, it's kind of like a big knot and you're trying to untangle it. And what can happen is that she has these symptoms and what can happen with sort of um mainstream veterinary medicine is that she'll she can be prescribed medication um to just kind of band-aid the symptoms but not you know like mask the symptoms but not really dealing with the root of the problem um so that's a a great question i know a lot of people are really struggling with 
dogs and allergies, this is, you know, the time of year for it. Um, environmental versus food. I think food allergies are so much easier because you just control the diet mm-hmm. once you figure out what it is. Um, but then environmental, I mean, if your dog's allergic to grass, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's kind of my biggest fear is that, you know, I have a Labrador that's allergic to grass. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then really susceptible to Giardia, which is common in like water areas, right? Mm-hmm. So then it's yep. like, oh gosh, okay, what do we do? But there is a lot that you that you can do to help support her and make her um, immune system stronger and, you know, figure out the allergies so that you're really clear what it is and even improve the body's reaction to that, too. So um, so great question. And I know you have some more. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Haley Kottmeyer, who's a member of Seattle Rain FC, R-E-I-G-N. She's one of the goalies, and they have a match coming up. Their next home match is Saturday, June 7th versus Chicago Red Stars at 7 p.m. at Memorial Stadium here in Seattle Center, uh, women's professional soccer team, the highest level that you can see of the sport being played by women. It's really incredible to watch. Definitely check it out. Tickets start at $19 and can be purchased at rainfc.com. That's R-E-I-G-N-F-C.com. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This Sunday, June 1st, it's a healing Sunday with Dr. Nels Rasmussen, gifted healer Dr. Nels, best bioenergetic synchronization technique practitioner, will join us in the studio. We'll have open phone lines so he can do remote balancing, rebooting, and healings for you and your animal friends. He's free on the air, so plan to give us a call on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, on Alternative Talk, AM 11. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Hey, Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Alternative Talk 1150 is on the interwebs. Dial us up at 1150kknw.com. 
Welcome back to the Doc Show with Julie Forbes. You threw me off there, Eric. I got the rain connection, and then it was no, like I wasn't sure either, Eric. Burrito Supreme. <laughs> know, That's right. Well, they rain do? supreme, just like the uh, Seattle rain. <laughs> That's right. Who reigns supreme? Another wonderful connect- burrito <laughs> connection. Where the burrito supreme come from? Because though? it's just things that are supreme. Got it. The cutlass supreme is mentioned in there. The burrito supreme, oh, the chicken supreme. Okay, got it. Got it. It's tenacious, D. Don't don't try and figure it out. I was don't, like, don't I was like, okay, rain, and I was like, what? Did you just say burrito? No, I thought like it might be like a Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I know. Little throw in yeah. there, but I wasn't sure. All right. Well, we're back with Haley Kottmeyer, who's uh, one of the goalies for Seattle Rain FC, our very own women's undefeated women's professional soccer team. You might say that they reign supreme. They do. They Much do. like burritos. Like Much. a burrito supreme. Exactly. <laughs> yes. um, so undefeated this season, um, nine, nine and, well, seven, two and no. Oh. Yep, seven zero and two. So excuse me, seven zero and two. I don't want people to think we've lost. Win loss. Well, yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, undefeated, two ties, seven wins um, on the road and back at home. Saturday, June seventh, versus Chicago Red Stars at seven p.m. at Memorial Stadium, right in Seattle Center. Uh, tickets start at nineteen dollars and can be purchased at rainfc.com. That's r e i g n f c dot com. Really, really, really high level. Like you said, high. Like if you want to see the highest level of women's soccer in the world, pretty yeah. much go to Seattle Center. <laughs> the really cool <laughs> thing that they did with this league is they took the national teams, so the U.S. women's national team and the Canadian women's national team, and also the, the Mexican national teams, and kind of you know more or less split the girls up mm. to create one big league. And and you know not only that. There's other internationals, you know, Kim Little, um, Jess Fishlock, you know, who are um, Scottish and from Wales, you know, other elite, elite women soccer players. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put them, you know, all on different teams. And that's kind of what make th- makes this league so cool is, you know, because very rarely do the full national teams get to get together and play without it being a World Cup year right. or an Olympic year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gives, you know, a full season with, Truly, you know, a lot of the best players in the world. Yeah. Very cool. And Seattle Rain is uh, in its second season and undefeated this year so far. And again, their next home match is Saturday, June 7th at Memorial Stadium, which is in Seattle Center. You can go to rainfc.com for details and tickets. Get them now. Um, Now, your season goes through August? Yes. Through the the end end of August? August. Okay. Um, And then there'll be playoffs after that. Yes. Right. Okay, so Haley um, has a dog, and we were talking about, you know, your first question in the last segment about her allergies, specifically her paw eating, which we would assume was probably allergy-related. Dogs' mast cells, which are the cells that produce histamines in the body, in dogs live in their cheeks, paws, and armpits. Whereas us, you know, they're like all in our sinuses and, you know... Um, so usually that's why we say usually it's an allergy related thing as opposed to maybe itching in other areas of the body, which might not necessarily or typically be related to allergies. Now you have a second question and that was what? Um, well, again, you know, she's, she's a chocolate lab. Mm -hmm. She's a young chocolate lab and she 
absolutely loves her tennis ball, you know, like lives and dies by the tennis ball. You know, when we go places, she really doesn't want, you know, anything to do with a lot of other dogs if a tennis ball is present. Now, she does have one best friend named Mm -hmm. Kaya that she'll put the tennis ball down for. Mm -hmm. But besides that, she's totally a one-track mind. And, you know, it's at the point where I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. But sometimes in the middle of the night, like if I don't put, you know, the chuck it and the tennis ball in the car, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and she'll be staring at it. (laughs) to where she thinks it is. Mm -hmm. So she's totally, totally ball obsessive. So I don't know, you know, is this okay? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? You know, what what kind of were your thoughts on that? And, you know, how can I get her to kind of be a little more social sometimes? Yeah, it's a good question. Now, when you take her for exercise, do you throw the ball for her? Yes. Okay. I I mean, I have like one of the... Your chuck it. I have the chuck it. Yeah, so you go wherever and you throw in the ball and she runs and gets it, brings it back. So it's um, if she's a high, so it's what it's called um, like high drive. Have you heard this term before? No, I have not. Okay, so um, like a drive, like a herding dog that has a high, um, a strong instinct to herd things would be considered high drive. Um, and ball drive is kind of what it's called. Um, for dogs who are like ball obsessed, ball drive, that's um, actually dogs who are like, she would be a great search and rescue dog because um, she does love swimming or, you know, scent detection, you know, whatever, because um, and search and rescue meaning by scent. So uh, like um, scent tracking, because the dogs think they're just looking for their toy. Mm -hmm. So if she's like, I don't care about anything else other than finding my ball, if you attach a scent to that object, she'll she will not stop until she finds it. So you need that in a dog who's going to be like looking for missing people or explosives in the airport, and who's not just going to be like, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I'm yeah, I'm tired. Leave it there. Let's just hang out. You know, give me some affection. So anyway, but what can happen is that that. If her, okay, so there's, um, I'm going to try to make this like a succinct version because we could be here for like probably an hour and a half or so just talking about this. But dogs have like kind of, as far as I'm concerned, like two categories of energy when we think of meeting their energy needs. And you've said she's a high energy dog. Very high energy. Very high energy dog. Well, we think, okay, I need to meet my dog's energy needs. I need to get my dog exercise. And when we think of that, we think of physical exercise only. And we don't think of the whole other half of that, which is mental. So dogs and people have been living together for quite some time. We'll talk more specifically about that when you play trivia with me later. Um, you know, thousands of years, we'll say. At least, you know, thousands of years, dogs and people have been living together. And the nature of the relationship has been working together, which requires mental energy, intelligence, figuring something out, making choices, having a thought process. And we, up until, you know, very recently, you know, we've been having our dogs as, you know, living with dogs. And oftentimes the dogs have been working with us. They've been working with us on the farm. They've been, if it's a lab, they've been hunting with us or whatever. And now we don't really do that. You don't go hunting with her, right? No. No. You don't do, you know, search and rescue on the side or anything else. So she, her, the outlet that she has, and this is most people, at least in this, that I work with, 
um, the dogs are not given a constructive outlet for their mental energy. So she's unemployed. You could also potentially say mentally bored because there's nothing to work for. Mm -hmm. So that but that energy has to go somewhere. So if she's a high drive dog, just as an individual, um, which a lot of labs are um, and herding breeds can be as well. Um, And then what you've done because it's what people do is they go take the dog to the park, throw the ball, play fetch. Dog loves it. It's like the best thing in the world for them. Get some exercise, which they need, especially a high energy dog. So you're like, this dog needs some exercise. But what you're doing is you're um, like cultivating and strengthening that drive. So it it's almost like now it's gotten to the point where, and, and also if it's her only main outlet, for mental or for energy, then it's like magnified. It's like really, really, really loud. And then, and if she has a tendency as an individual to maybe be a little bit obsessive or, you know, like compulsive or right. So paw licking what we were talking about before, then it's just kind of like gotten a little out of hand. And so now you're like, if there's a ball in the house, she'll find it. She will find it. And we'll stare at it or you're right. Or we'll bring it to you. Or if it's out of her reach, like you said, you'll wake up and she'll be like staring at it. Yep. (laughs) So there's kind of a lot to this, but it's something I've actually talked with. um, There's um, sheepdog trials that happen on Vashon Island every year that are really fun to go watch. And I talked with the coordinator of this actually about this in particular, because herding breeds can have a tendency to do this as well. They're just like really intense. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Practicing her with, um, uh, you know, trying to balance, first balancing her outlets of mental energy. So maybe get her involved in um, like an agility class or something like that where she's getting an outlet for her mental and physical energy that doesn't have anything to do with the ball. So now there's another outlet or there's a few other outlets or maybe, you know, Rather than just going to the park and throwing the ball, you know, every day or whatever, maybe you're like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to try and not do that for a couple months and we're going to like go for jogs or go for hikes or go for long leash walks. And then I'm going to do like nose work games where you're finding treats and like just kind of quit the ball (laughs) um, for a little bit and see, see, right, see what that does. There's also things you can do. which I think are kind of more secondary to to what I just talked about, but like working with her on her training, teaching her how to hold like a downstay, even if you're like tossing the ball back and forth with your boyfriend. Like if there's a ball in the room, she has to think about something else. Like you, I know you're really excited about this ball, but I've put you in a downstay and you need to learn how to hold that. So really cultivating a, a thought process in the presence of the ball, that just makes her crazy. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to try that because yeah, like in my mind it would drive her crazy, but I think she could do it. But it would just you could you you would know that it would just totally it would be hard her for. But her. it would be a very good right training because that's her that's her drive that's her yeah that's it's her a drug. great it's a great right so it's a great um it's a great way to use that as a distraction and and really cultivate something else, which would be a thought process in the, in the context of working with her and training. 
Um, those are the main things that come to mind for that. And and like I said, the biggest thing is, you know, if, if that's her, her only, it's something that she came to you with and that was made stronger and stronger and stronger because she's been practicing it. By doing it. By doing it all the time mm-hmm. um, and not having other outlets. And really making sure that we're clear there's mental energy and physical energy and it's important to meet both of those. Because dogs are not given enough credit for their ability to make choices, figure things out, their awareness of everything that's going on. We just think, well, I'll give them exercise, take them for a walk or run, and then just give them affection. And that's all they need. And they're like, I'm really bored and unemployed. (laughs) So, you know, what can you do to... And it's not just big dogs like her. So let's say maybe uh, even a small chihuahua. This might apply. (laughs) You know, and little dogs are different too. So it's not just these big, you know... Border Collies and Labs and, you know, Pointers and these guys, I mean, all sizes and all breeds of dog have varying levels but needs for the mental energy and little dogs even more so. Generally speaking, um, little dogs are underestimated for sure. Um, Like you're not going to run a marathon with a little dog, but they're very, very smart and they need an outlet, high outlet for that mental energy. So actually one of the girls on our team, Keelan has uh, her and her girlfriend have a pug uh-huh. and it, it goes trail running with them. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's very, impressive especially pug. for a pug because of yeah, the pushed in. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the breathing. Thing. Yeah. But he does, he does a good job. Good. Um, okay. So anything else there for that now I know you said she does she used to she's a lot better but she did some submissive peeing but she's better with yeah, that we've, once you know she got you know she got spayed um, and that helped a little bit and now uh, you know even if she has to go she just gets so excited when she sees people um, mm-hmm. and that and she's very submissive you know she's the first dog to like roll onto her back and be like sniff me here it is mm-hmm. you know She's very much that dog, um, but she does immediately, like when she's, especially when women talk to her in high-pitched voices, she immediately drops into like mm-hmm. the, oh my gosh, I can't hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, again, it is getting a lot better, but um, that's just kind of coming with age. And if there was a way to, mm-hmm. you know, train that a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, you know, I definitely We've... would love to have her stop peeing in, in front of people. Right. So a um, few things for that. Um, you've identified specific things that set her off. So getting her out of the habit of doing it is important. So when you have people come over, you want to give them a little coaching before they come over and actually have them like low energy, not like address her full on. Some dogs will do it even if you look at them directly (laughs) or turn, you know, face them. So kind of depending on what her level is, if it really just takes somebody kind of going, wee, you know, like mm-hmm. that. Um, but can she be okay if somebody just comes in and is like, hey, girl, how's it going? You know. Yeah, then then she is less, less likely know, less to likely. do it. Um, okay. I would say, you know, the, I think my, the people I know and I'm close to yeah. are very good about it. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, when we're outside or at a park or, you know, yeah. visiting somebody and somebody sees her and she's, you know, very small and kind of looks puppy-like. Yeah. So it's, you know, been her whole life that people are like, oh, my gosh, a yeah. puppy. Yeah. So what you can do, kind of a trick, dealing with the general public is tough with your dog because you can't control what they're going to do and all this stuff. But if you, if she, is she food motivated? Oh, yes. Okay. Very much so. So try to intercept them and you can kind of fly under the radar with this. Like if you see someone, you probably recognize that like someone's going to come over and say hi. 
before they get to her, have a treat ready and be like, hey, will you help us with our, you know, I'd love for you to say hi, but will you um, show her this and ask her to sit? And so it puts, it moves the person in a different direction. So then they're like, oh yeah, totally sit. And then just by engaging her with something as simple as sit, you're engaging her brain. So now she's thinking about the sit command. It's a way to kind of break the ice, have them tell her good sit, good sit. Oh, thank you so much. Here's another treat. Would you ask her for down and kind of get them? So that way they're not setting her off. She's not practicing the undesirable behavior, but also um, she's getting the opportunity to interact with strangers in a very constructive way, engaging her brain and also engaging her nose. So two things that can help prevent submissive peeing. But really controlling the energy level is yeah. is, is a tough yeah, one. And I'm glad the, to hear that it is getting better. So Yeah, that yeah. I, I would say, you know, with kind of in her training, that was she definitely picked up on commands very quickly and, and understands them and likes to do them and, you know, loves being praised. Mm-hmm. Um it's that initial opening the door and it's like right. oh my gosh, you know, so, you or your home or it's a new person or Is it mostly know, at your home? Or also out and about. Um, yeah, it's it's everybody. Anyway, it okay. doesn't matter if it's you know okay. <laughs> someone that really doesn't want to see her. <laughs> right. Doesn't matter who it is. She's she's pretty. Like she just gets very very excited, yeah. and and she will sit. But like I mean, you can see the paws on the ground. Yeah. Like as she's sitting, like yeah. this is killing me to hold this. But she'll do it. I mean, she's you know yeah. she's a good dog, but she's she is she's very easily excited. And there's other things other things you can do as far as training to kind of redirect her also. Um, part of it is that she is a year and a half still, so she's technically adolescent. Um, they hit adulthood at about two labs are notorious for being slow matures also. So like my two year old male still acts like a 10 week old (laughs) sometimes I think. Um, but that's going to probably help too, as, as just as she continues to get older as well. But there's kind of a lot to it, but that there's your short answer for you. Um, okay. So I wanted to talk, we're going to take, um, a quick break and then um, I wanted to talk to you about this kind of goalie analogy which is your position um, that I've used for years in the context of dog training and then when I said it to you before the show you were like oh yeah blah 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 and I was like oh I want to hear more about your perspective on this because it's like kind of the same the same thing which is why I use it as an analogy so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back talking with Haley Kottmeyer, who's with Seattle Rain FC, R-E-I-G-N-F-C.com is their website. Their next home match is Saturday, June 7th versus Chicago Red Stars at 7 p.m. Memorial Stadium in Seattle Center. Get your tickets now. Tickets start at $19, rainfc.com. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? 
We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Are you suffering from SCS, or Slow Computer Syndrome? Well, tune in Saturdays from noon to one for Tech Talk with Craig. I'm Craig Walker, lead technician and owner of Coho Computer. We'll take your calls, answer your questions, keep you up to date with the latest in high-tech news, and feature special guests. Tech Talk with Craig, Saturdays noon to one, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I love my computer. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. If you're one of a million Washington State residents living in a condominium or a homeowner association or a business that serves this multi-million dollar industry, then you'll want to tune in to Condo and HOA Buzz with Duncan and Dan each Wednesday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. It's all things and everything condo and HOA related. That's Wednesday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. here on Alternative Talk 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com You're listening to Alternative Talk 1150 AM There's nothing wrong with loving who you are She said cause he made you perfect babe So hold your head up girl and you'll go far Listen to me when I say I'm beautiful in my way Just I make no mistakes I'm on the right track Baby I was born this way that would be Lady Gaga, who I'm seeing tonight. Thank you, Eric. Very kind of you. Make sure you have fun. I will. There's no making sure of that. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, all right. Back with Haley Kottmeyer with Seattle Rain. Welcome back to the dog show. Thank you. R-E-I-G-N-F-C dot com is their website. Their next home match is Saturday, June 7th in Seattle Center at Memorial Stadium, 7 p.m. Check it out. They're going to put some hurting on the Chicago Red Stars oh, yeah. and remain undefeated. Um, they are undefeated this season, by the way, if you didn't know that, if you're just tuning in. Um, so the highest level of um, women's soccer that you can see really through this league, this national league, um, and Seattle has their very own team that is ranked number one. So check it out. Bring your kids too, not just your daughters, but bring your kids your sons and daughters to witness some um, women playing this level of um, 
competition. It's really, really inspiring and great role modeling. So speaking of um, now, one thing that I the connection that I made after we had this interview scheduled, I was like, wait a second. When I'm coaching my clients um, who mostly are women on how to work with their dogs, specifically waiting at the door, I use this analogy of a goalie in soccer because dogs are, you know, okay, so wait as a command for me means don't cross a line. So doorway would be, you know, there's often a change in flooring. There's actual, uh, actually a physical line and even a frame around it. And so you tell the dog to wait and you're asking them not to cross through that boundary until you release them. Well, the process of training is a process of education. And in order to educate, you need to communicate. And in order to do that with a dog, you want to speak their language, which is not verbal. This is where people get into trouble. Because we are, we are animals and we are also nonverbal communicators, but we tend to get distracted by our thoughts and words. And we're just like, bah, 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 right? Talk radio show right now. We're sitting here talking. Dogs don't do that. Dogs' primary, you know, first language is kind of all the other stuff. Their um, posture, their what they actually do, so their actions. They're very physical, so um, what they do with their body, but also other things, scent, um, the quality of energy that they generate, or you could also call that presence. Um, they, they're really masters at all those things, and they read all of those things in us like that. Like, they're kind of experts in people. So if I've got somebody who's trying to establish with their dog, and especially if it's a dog that's like, kind of pushy or lacking in boundaries or whatever. And they're like, wait, part of my coaching is like, listen, you've got to get connected from within yourself about what you're communicating to this dog, which is don't cross through this line because I'm telling you not to. So you have to do it in a way that has like a level of being assertive. And that's something that a lot of people aren't used to doing or being in their life and especially women. So I say, like, imagine you're a goalie in soccer and except that you can't use your hands with a dog because that's just attention. Mm-hmm. But so imagine if it was just like waist down and all you could do was just use like your posture and presence and then your body to kind of block them if they try to pass through the line. And when I said that, you were like made all these connections. I mean, you're like we're talking about you know, the National Women's Soccer League, you know, this high, high, high level of play that you can watch this whole season's worth of. We have our own team, Seattle Reign, R-E-I-G-N, and you're one of the goalies for the team. So when we're talking about this high level of competition, you're one of these people who is playing, and so you are an effective goalkeeper. So you were like... Well, yeah, I mean, gosh, there's it's like such a mental thing and there's so much. It's not just this like I'm going to like put my, you know, skillfully put my hand out and stop this ball. But there's a big like mental and energetic component. So talk about that. And then you also have taught a lot of kids, too, and coached kids on like confidence and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, if, you know, going into a game, if, you know, especially as a goalkeeper, if, if you're not confident, you know, in your abilities or, you know, in, in your abilities to match up with certain players on the other team, 
then it, it's going to show, you know. So my body language, if I'm standing in the goal and I, you know, I'm I'm not really doing anything and my head's hung or my hands are on my hips and I and I don't look engaged in the game, I'm, you know, telling my team that I'm not, you know, I'm not confident and then I worry them and I'm telling the other team that, okay, I'm going to shoot on that girl because she, she's not all there, you know, or, or she's not going to be very good because it's just such a, you know, it's such a presence and, and the best goalkeepers in the world, you know, and as they grow, goalkeeping is one of those positions where you get better with age because you get smarter mm-hmm. and you just get experience and you get, you know, a certain level of confidence that, you know, people people just kind of have a certain level of respect for you. And it has to do with, you know, how you stand in the goal, how you present yourself. You know, if I stand on my line too, I'm distancing myself from people. But if I get up and, you know, I'm closer than, than I'm making myself available. And, you know, there's just so many parts of of your body language that can be read, you know, by, by coaches, by fans, by teammates. You know, everybody mm-hmm. can see it. And the body language, there's like a level beneath that, which could because the body language is a like physical reflection of how you feel. So if you're standing there like I am fully present to every player on this team, that ball is not crossing that line. You're going to look a certain way versus if you're like daydreaming or like, oh, I'm really intimidated by I'm scared like, to death. those. Right. <laughs> Um, that's going to manifest like you're that's going to show in your body language, too. And it's so similar to if I'm trying to if someone's trying to establish with their dog, like don't cross that line. They you want them to hold themselves and have have that message be coming through them in all the ways possible. Mental, energetic, like emotional, all those things like the confidence basically that you talk about. No, that. I mean, that makes perfect sense because, you know, as you know, as we discuss, like if I come in, usually Maisie can tell like if I'm in a good mood or a bad mood, like she can read that on me. So, mm-hmm. you know, if in training her, doing anything with her, if I'm, you know, or, or if I even seem distracted while I'm doing something, oh, yeah. she she can totally tell. And yeah. She's like, oh, I'm going to spite you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, you know sniff a homeless person over here while you're right. looking at your cell phone. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she can very much, you know, kind of read me. And so that was something that was so, you know, I, I couldn't seem flustered in training her. And it's the same way, like, you know, if I don't seem confident and, you know, whether I'm playing or whether I'm training kids, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's just, it absolutely reflects mm-hmm. across everything. And if if you do get a goal scored on you, you don't want to be taken out, you know, like, okay, well, that, you know, that happened, but I'm still connected to all of that intention and confidence and presence and, like, mm-hmm. and that's what you, when you said that about being flustered is so important, too, because people tend to do that so much in training is, like, you, you know, the dog's not doing it, and then we're, like, nah, and then, we, yeah. you know, we just sort of, like, spaz out, and the dogs are, like, whatever, you're easy. Yeah. Like, I'll just throw you off so easily. I... You know, and that's funny. We we kind of have this saying that goalies have short attention spans, um, and you have to because if you're riding too high after a big save and you get you know kind of your head up in the clouds, right. like with how great you just did, mm-hmm. then you know you're going to be too high. But if you also stay down on yourself and you're emotional and mm-hmm. you, you let that off, mm-hmm. then they can notice that too. So it's about you know keeping that balance, you know, keeping your emotions in check, 
Um, and, and that is, you know, one of the hardest things for like young goalkeepers to learn because I, you know, I, I can only celebrate a good moment for a very short period of time. Yep. And then I can't dwell on something that was right. so bad or else, right. you know, two, you know, two or three goals is a lot worse than a lot worse than one goal. Right. You're like a m- mastering presence, the art of presence. Yeah. yeah. And that's and again, that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, where in a lot of sports when people peak, you know, at a, at a young physical age. But with goalies, it often doesn't happen to later just because it's such a mental mm-hmm. position where you have to be so smart. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I look forward to um, watching your team play this season. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Um, undefeated so far, um, seven zero and two, so seven wins, zero losses, two ties. They're on the road and then back at home on June seventh against Chicago Red Stars, um, seven p.m. at Memori- Memorial Stadium um, in Seattle Center. Tickets start at nineteen dollars and can be purchased at RainFC.com. All right, we only have a couple minutes left, so I want to get to the, some of these trivia questions. For you, so you ready? This, was, this is what I'm most excited and nervous about. You all need at a the same warm up, time. or uh, you know, okay, we don't no. have time for warm ups. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yep. Oprah Winfrey has five dogs. Oh my gosh. Okay. One thing that Oprah and I have in common of many: <laughs> three of them are one breed, and two of them are another breed. Can you name one of the breeds? <laughs> Can I guess? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm trying to think about like what Oprah would have. I, and I don't mean that, you know. Careful what you say here. Yeah, I know, right? I'm. I She's probably listening too. So. Oprah yeah. is definitely yeah. listening. Hi, Oprah. <laughs> um, I think Oprah probably has a poodle. No, I'm wrong. Oh, Eric! Eric, ouch! <laughs> Coming in. I don't. I don't know what Oprah Winfrey has. Cocker span three cocker spaniels, and then two what look to be golden retrievers. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I can see it. Okay, true or false, it is widely accepted among scientists that dogs have emotions. I think that's true. Yeah, Maisie's Maisie's an emotional creature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True or false, there are no completely hypoallergenic dogs. I think that's also true. Nice. All right, what is the tallest? I'm going to give you, so... Four options here. Okay. Um, but one of these dogs is known to be the tallest breed of dog. Tallest. Tallest. Is it A, Irish Wolfhound, B, Boxer, C, Mastiff, D, Corgi? Certainly not the Corgi. Um, I've seen a lot of really ginormous Mastiffs that have towered but i also why do i think the wolfhound's big too i think it's the mastiff though that was my instinct is it, is it the, it's the wolfhound it's the wolfhound mm-hmm. that was my other one that i wasn't sure yeah mastiffs can be pretty big though mastiffs right? are They're not like as heavy. tall right heavy okay mm, that's the kicker with that one yeah i had i think i've seen a mastiff where like on its hind legs it like was a good seven or eight inches over me and i'm pretty tall all right well more dog trivia to come some other time thanks to Haley kopmeyer and seattle rain fc be sure to check them out june 7th at memorial stadium thanks for listening to the dog show with julie forbes thanks for being on the show thank you so much for having me